This is a West Wimmera Health Service podcast. Presented by me, Brigitte Muir. Farmer wants a healthy life. This series focuses around stories and issues related to health and well-being. Some of the people we hear from are sharing their stories, hoping that their experiences will help us with our own health and well-being. Please be aware that some of their life experiences may touch on issues that are sensitive to some. Please listen with care. You will find information on seeking help if you need it in the notes attached to each episode. Lessons in life come through many voices. Lee Dwyer has a voice that needs to be heard, a story that needs to be understood, a life that deserves to be celebrated. Lee is a transgender farmer, and she talked to me about the journey of discovery to her true self. I've grown up here all my life, too long Port Ferry, been on a farm all my life. Your parents were farmers? Yep, yep, dairy farmers. I went to university here in Warrnambool, and um, I worked on the farm to help with um, education costs. And I was studying a double degree in accounting and computer programming. Life of being stuck indoors uh, 12 hours of the day didn't appeal to me. So I just um, continued working on the family farm. Dairied for about 20 years and um, another 15 years of beef farming. I'm here talking with you because you've got a bit of a special story. Yes, I'm transgender. Okay, it's, can you explain to me what that means? Transgender is a, um, is a broad term. So that's people who don't quite align with their sex assigned at birth. In my case, I happen to be a trans woman. It was a process that uh, took a, quite a bit of time. When I was growing up, I knew nothing about it. Being in a rural religious area, as you can imagine, there wasn't a lot of information that was available to be able to um, try and understand. So I always had this sense that I was different to other people, thought differently. You know, when it, I had friends and everything like that, but when I was in amongst a, a group, I just felt off. I could never quite fit in. Going through teenage years and religious schools, of course it's beaten into you verbally that, you know, it's against God's laws and against society and you tend to create a view in your mind that this must be something that everybody goes through and you're going through the teenage years, so you just think you're just going to grow out of it. Yeah, you, know, you kid yourself. You look at ways of trying to confuse the mind so it's occupied, so you don't think about gender. So I got involved in football, and that became a very strong focus of my life. I, I was just an average footballer. I wasn't done anything special. And it was just a great way to focus the mind, and um, it wasn't until finished football that sort of had this sense something was missing but you know couldn't put a finger or anything on it. Um, you stopped football? Uh, injury. Mm-hmm. Injury. So you lost that focus and you had to start thinking. Yeah and involved with the farm. I had a girlfriend and we got married in around the same time I finished as well. So I soon had things back occupying the mind again. We had some issues early on where we found out we couldn't have children. Then we went down the path of an adoption and so just had the mind fully 
involved again, consumed, I should say. Mm-hmm. And um, we ended up adopting a little girl and wanting to be the best dad possible. You know, you do girly things and, and that opened the door, the gender door again. And um, with everything we've been through, had a fairly heavy depression. We are going through some drought and uh, things were tough. I went in to buy a, um, a birthday presents for my ex-wife. Went into Target and um, walking through, I ended up going through the lingerie section. Bought some things and came out, sat in the car and just looked at what I'd done and gone, what the hell am I doing? Realised I hadn't bought my ex-wife a birthday present and just went, okay, something's a little odd, I suppose. In starting to engage the feminine side, you do things where you could keep it hidden from people. Lingerie and things like that was easily to be hidden. And uh, in doing that, you'd find your moods and everything would pick right up. So I started researching, joining the dots and taking, I guess, notes. Okay, so you may not be straight, I suppose you could say. Started engaging in tips of, okay, what you need to do. And um, one of the things I came across that really struck a chord with me was if you're researching about gender and it's for yourself, you're somewhere on the gender diverse spectrum. Then it's a matter of trialling things just to start seeing how things fit. As time went on, I started to notice when I was doing feminine things my mood was very high but when I had to go back in male form I suppose moods really were low and um, the thing is is once you start working out that you're gender diverse the depression and everything starts to amplify a thousand percent because you start learning that there's things you can actually do to improve your well-being my ex-wife was talking about you know you're depressed you need to see a doctor and uh, so I started researching doctors to find somebody who was experienced in gender diversity so I managed to find one in Warrnambool I went in there to talk about depression and I thought I'll just mention some of the feminine things I was doing and all of a sudden the conversation just changed in a total different direction took me pretty much by surprise and she was talking, you've got to embrace your feminine side and started talking about hormones and and I'm just going, no way. You know, you've got the old redneck thinking of it's all wrong and it's not me. I sort of went out there with the head just shaking. And I suppose I had the appointment somewhere around half past 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning and the doctor rang about 7 o'clock at night to ask whether I was okay or suicidal. That's when I've just gone shit, this is real, this is full on. So she made an appointment for me to see a psychiatrist, a gender specialist in Melbourne, went and saw him and just started down the path of embracing my feminine side a lot more and how moods and everything started to change. And that process happened over about three years before I actually really starting embraced my feminine side and realised that I just couldn't keep pretending anymore. How old were you then? 
about 40, 41. I've just learned that you um, really focus on your mood and your emotions. And that led me once I really embraced it and actually went on hormones. The colours just come back into my world. Um, whereas in the past it was quite dark, dull and had this heavy burden. So essentially, I switched one set of problems for another set of problems. I was mentally in a better position to handle the swapped problems. Once you start to learn about gender diversity and know that we all have masculine and feminine traits, through whatever reasons, whether it's through pregnancy, receiving different hormones at different times, we sometimes develop more of a female brain than a male brain, or if you're a trans man, it's more masculine brain than a feminine brain. I just happen to sit at the far end of the scale. I would say it's not just the brain, though. It's, it's got to be the heart as well. And I don't know, you know, people always tell guys to embrace their feminine side, but that's not what we're talking about here, is it? Uh, no, you, you're embracing who you are. Yeah. Um, as a whole person. As a whole person. It's a very, very complex process. You do not go out to choose to be trans. Well, for starters, there's so much hatred and bigotry in society. You just don't choose to go and be hated. You, you choose to go down this path because you need to, to be happy and to lead a life. You don't really have a lot of choices. Um, a lot of people, I think the stats are somewhere like 41% of the trans population have attempted suicide. That's terrible. It really is. Um, I, I find it really hard to comprehend that people could be that nasty. That rate of suicide is linked to how people react to someone just trying to be themselves. Yep. Yeah. We all have a journey. And without respect and tolerance and love in life, what is there? Yeah. And a lot of people who take this path of attacking trans people pick and choose their arguments but we're we're an easy target and that's the unfortunate part why do you think people are scared of transgender people it's just a total lack of understanding we are only a small minority of society it's just not out there for people to understand they don't see it in papers all that often and so there's a lot of myth floats around about trans people because the majority of society don't know somebody who's trans, especially out in the rural areas. What strikes me in your case as, as a bit of an oddity is that you lived the first, let's say, 40 years of your life as a man and mm -hmm. in a small community. Yep. And then you realise that you were not a man, that you were a woman. Mm. But you're still the same person. Yeah. So is there be a change in the community around us when, when you realise what happened to you and where you wanted to go? There's definitely a change, and it's not in a good way. But you're still you. Yeah, absolutely. But people just fear. I don't know why. You know, one of the things about being still in the community that I grew up and everything, you know the background talk, and that's one of the reasons why you hide it for so long. How people talk about LGBTIQ folks and it's very derogatory. People just distance themselves from you. They don't want to be known 
that they're your friend or anything like that. And when you're in my position, you really notice it. I can have one-on-one conversations with people where there's nobody about, but go into a setting where there's a group of people and they'll distance themselves from you. Some of the most loneliest times, uh, loneliest I've felt, has been in a room full of people that I know. Well, it was a challenge. They were quite religious people. Of course, you know, they're 70 odd, so it's in that generation. Their response took me by surprise. They sat and listened, but I also gave them room. When I went in to see them, I brought in some information for them and uh, just sat down and just explained things and explained uh, that if they showed their um, bigotry views or anything like that, what that meant and what it entailed for our relationships. And I gave them the space to understand the information and let it be. But I also gave them a little bit of slack to not really be in their face about it. And I took the stance that um, if they, I don't know whether acceptance is the right word, but some understanding, that'd be fine. I'd be happy with that. And, you know, they've been, they've been good. They've had some major challenges for themselves to try and get their heads around because they were very scared of how society would look upon them, kind of jumping at shadows a little bit. But yeah, no, they've been pretty good. How about your beautiful daughter? It's a non-issue, absolute non-issue. When I said to my ex, I might be trans, her first instincts was it was going to cause our daughter a huge amount of issues but people don't understand that the early years of a child's life is actually the best time to come out in because they haven't been exposed to all the rubbish of society they've got very open minds and she's just growing up with it and i'll give my ex a lot of credit that she understood to educate her in a positive way we put her first and we did it together even though we clashed, and when we did eventually split up, my daughter actually lived with me full-time. Um, my ex was getting phone calls about, how dare you leave her with me? This is the thing that we're pedophiles. I don't get the word that idea comes from. It's just a way of people attacking us, and there's no science, there's no evidence behind it or anything. It doesn't make sense. Okay, you told me you were a beef farmer but also an earth mover earth moving contractor yes coming out how did that affect your business i constructed my coming out uh, fairly controlled one of the problems of coming out is you just don't come out you come out time and time again everybody you meet you come out to i mean i knew that very well i'm involved in the local brigade here i was a captain at the time so I stood down from the captaincy, then created an um, extraordinary meeting. The local CFA is a community hub. I used that to come out. The day before, the night before we had the meeting, the main clients that I worked for, I rang them up personally to tell them the circumstances, my story, and out of respect that they hear it from me first. By giving them the respect, they respected me too. And I really didn't have any issues with my clients but in society we no longer get really direct discrimination and people target you in different ways 
I had heavy, a heavy truck. One day somebody decided to pour dirt, sticks and everything into the fuel tank. Caused me a whole heap of grief. And people just would do things like that. About a month after I come out, WorkSafe started to get continue phone calls about me. But just being an independent contractor, really they couldn't do anything because I had no employees. Or, but it doesn't stop people from pounding them. And thankfully, I knew the um, local representative and um, we had a good chat about things and he knew my circumstances. But at the end of the day, once people started realising that if they couldn't get at me, then they'd start going after my clients. At the end of the day, I just decided the best thing would be to step away and just wind the business up, essentially. Yeah, so that knocks you around a fair bit. Transition is not an overnight thing. It takes years and pretty much it goes forever and a day you're continually learning there's a lot of physical traits that you'd love to change but you can't change people don't really understand that surgeries and everything are horrendously expensive and it's just a difficult difficult process all the reasons that i've mentioned you just don't choose that on a whim no i can see that yes it takes a lot of courage. Yes, yes, it is a lot of courage. But you don't look at it that way. You're just looking at it to survive. And that's the only reason you go down this path. Society makes it awfully bloody hard, especially in the rural areas. Have you ever considered moving to a city? There's not a week go by that I don't think about it. But cities just aren't me. So I, I would say that. An organisation like the Women of Pride Project is absolutely essential for people who live in the country. Oh, truly, truly. And it's a long way from here. We don't actually have anything like that down here. Have you ever thought about starting one? When you're in our position, we use up an immense amount of energy just to go out during the day. At the end of the day, you're exhausted and sometimes going out publicly I will need to stay home just by myself for a couple of days to just recharge. Do you regret coming out? Yes and no. I'm a lot happier than what I ever was, but dealing with the society issues, the loneliness, you sometimes wonder. You know, because transition is so expensive and so difficult, yeah, you do wonder. And some people do actually detransition because of how society treats us you just sometimes you just feel well it's better to hide than couple the abuse and things that is out there i look at you when you are you yeah 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 it's, it's just normal work. you know i've spent you know being in cfa being in surf clubs and i've spent my life around trying to help people you know one of the things i say about being in my position being trans and everything i actually get to see into people's souls i get to see who they truly are and i've met some absolutely beautiful people who have made an effort to especially when I first come out just to come out and just give me a hug I do admit um, some of the people surprise me but that's what happens the people you expect to be supportive and everything and often the ones that surprise you in the negative way so I tend to look at the positives of life rather than the negative because if you focus on the negative it'll swallow you up and just throw you out considering what you've been going through what would be what would you advise me to people on the land who are not comfortable in their own skin and think that perhaps they would be happier being the other gender? 
Uh, first things first is to seek some help, seek some support. That's critical. You can't go out and do it on your own. It's challenging being in, the r- in rural areas because a lot of the services that we need are centralised in your bigger cities, likes of uh, Ballarat and Melbourne. When I first started down the path, it was only in Melbourne. It's now come out to Ballarat, services are in Ballarat. But the waiting list for the public system and everything is quite long. It was about three years before you could get an appointment. And that was before COVID times. The Monash Gender Clinic pretty much closed up over COVID. I would assume that's now even longer. But there's support groups that you can um, get in contact with. Information's available on the internet. You've just got to do your research and reach out to get your support systems and medical help and everything there for you before you even go down the path of yeah, coming out publicly or anything like that. Yeah, that's my advice. Anything else you would like to share with people? Uh, that you are loved, that you are, you are wanted, and that people care. And you'll be surprised who those people are. To embrace yourself, embrace who you are, and to be free is just this nothing like it. Absolutely nothing like it. My true belief is, is that the majority of people have no idea what true freedom is. They all hide things and we as trans people have let go of all our baggage and we just live true free lives the best we can. Thank you so much for your time. No, it's been an absolute pleasure and an honour speaking with you. Thank you, Bridget. Thank you. My pleasure. That was Lee Dwyer, beef farmer in Toulon. You will find, as always, contact numbers and details in the notes attached to this episode. And while you're at it, please give us a star rating. We'd also love to hear your comments and suggestions. Our Facebook and Twitter details are in the notes. Until next, have a healthy life, won't you? Farmer wants a healthy life.